Welcome to the Language 180 podcast. My name is Preston and joining me is my co-host, James, who is a language coach in South Asia. And today we're going to be talking about some themes found in my book, A Thousand Cups of Tea, The Field Guide. And also joining us is a guest who is going to help us think through some of these themes. This is one of several episodes featuring The Field Guide. Yeah, today we're going to talk to a language coach from Central Asia who has experience in several of these themes. Now, in Central Asia, you work with several language coaches. What has your experience been? Yes, I, I, I serve uh, with our language coaches, helping to encourage them as they encourage all of our language learners. Uh, I've also had the opportunity to work with individual language learners uh, in the past and, and able to, to continue to do that now. Uh, so we've been doing that for, been on the field for around seven years or a little over seven years, but have been doing this where we've been intentionally focused on encouraging language learners and language coaches uh, for the past five years or so. Yeah, thank you for thank you for that. It's good to talk to you today. And, and as we explore the themes from the Thousand Cups of Tea Field Guide, um, I think a starting point is like, why do we learn the language? Talk to us a little bit about motivation. Like, how does the right motivation help us reach gospel fluency? That is a fantastic question. And I know it's something that language learners tend to struggle with is uh, just the motivation, especially once we get into the seasons where we plateau or the reality of how hard language learning is just hits us squarely in the face uh, in those seasons of struggle. Uh, we, we look for sources of motivation. We try to figure out how we can be motivated. We try to motivate ourselves. Um, but here's the really cool thing. When we think about it with the, the gospel fluency approach, with the gospel fluency perspective of we're here uh, to, to do one thing, and that is to communicate truth, uh, to communicate the gospel, uh, whether that is in a season of EV or that is in a season of discipleship or if we're in leadership development, wherever we are, our ultimate goal is to communicate truth. Uh, so knowing that, knowing that, that there are lost people all around us that need to hear, there are new believers who need to be trained, uh, that is our goal. So that should be our motivation. That's, that's what we're seeking to do. And then the learning of the language is actually just a means to get us to our goal. So it's, it's really cool that as folks seek to find uh, things to motivate them, that those of us who are learning language for a specific purpose, that we never have to look for areas of motivation, uh, that remains constant no matter what. So what we need to seek to do is to find ways to be reminded of our goal, to be reminded of, of where our motivation comes from. So one encouragement I like to give folks is just to, to seek to maintain your spiritual health. Uh, when we're looking for motivation, let's let's find that motivation in in the truth that we already know, uh, the truth that we encounter uh, through our our time in the Word. Uh, you know, be motivated through Scripture, not just the the truth of what Scripture brings to us, not just the that it points us to our goal, but also as you're studying through Scripture, just you know, we're looking for motivation in language learning. So, as you're reading the Word, see places where God uses language. To reach people. Look at the places in Scripture where, where it talks about God's heart for the nations, and we know that that means that all peoples and all languages. Uh, look at situations where God uses people 
who have a variety of languages to reach uh, different people. So let that be some motivation. Um, also in our prayer life, I think people, uh, language learners can sometimes feel like we may be praying selfishly if, if our language learning is, is an aspect of our prayer life. But it, our language learning should be uh, something that we pray about. Uh, pray that God will help us uh, to find opportunities to grow, to be able to grow in language. Uh, you know, if, if we do have a selfish heart, if our motivations are found in the wrong places, then that will probably come out and be revealed uh, in the way that we're praying. So that's a good thing, too. Uh, but, you know, if our heart is true, if, we, if we're tr- truly seeking to, to learn language for that purpose of, of sharing, of communicating truth, of, for gospel fluency, uh, then, then we should be praying about those things and for those opportunities. But also, that should be something we should be sending out as prayer requests, have people praying for our language learning process, that we do stay motivated, uh, but motivated for the right thing. And finally, uh, just in that, uh, that community, you know, we're built to be living community. Uh, if we're learning language, we're probably going to be uh, around other language learners, whether they've uh, have been learning it for a long time and are already advanced or they're like us in, in a season of, of seeking to just grow. Uh, be open and honest um, about the struggles you have in language learning and let, as a community, work together uh, to be reminded of, of why we're learning language to begin with. So, so yeah, just uh, the encouragement here is to be reminded uh, of what our, where our motivation comes from uh, not to just, just try to find little tidbits uh, to, to motivate us from time to time. And one last thing on motivation uh, that I've talked about the spiritual side a lot, but kind of a non-spiritual category would be rest, which is actually is a spiritual category when we think about Sabbath and how God designed it. But oftentimes we don't look at it that way. Uh, let rest time be a motivating factor. In, in your language learning process, uh, whether that's the one day a week that you set aside for Sabbath, that you work hard through the week, uh, knowing that that day of rest is coming, or here's the, the, where I like to land. Uh, plan vacations, plan them well in advance uh, so that you will have that out there, that we're going to work really hard in language for this season, uh, for these uh, few months, knowing that we have a really cool vacation coming up, uh, that we're going to be able to rest and then relax then, and uh, then be ready to step into the next season of hardcore language learning. Yeah, you know, I love hearing you describe motivation from the perspective of our, how you nurture, you know, your walk with with Christ, and then uh, and then through prayer and, and through community and, and even rest, as you were describing. Um, a lot of times when, when I've worked with language learners, I, I see that it, it's like their their perspective, as you were describing, just kind of shifts back. It's so easy to shift back to to the words and, and to, you know, just the kind of like you were describing the hardcore learning, and that becomes kind of an end in and of itself. Can you share a little bit about, a little bit more about um, this whole idea of perspective, how to keep your perspective of language learning, your vision of why you're learning language in the right place? Yeah, that is that's a fantastic question, um, and it, it is a trap. Uh, often, I encourage uh, language learners that you try to avoid the traps. The enemy uh, is working against us. The enemy uh, doesn't want us to be able to continue to grow in the language, so that we will have the opportunity to communicate truth. Uh, but 
Note that that is a trap to let the language itself become our goal, to let the language itself become our focus, that uh, we are motivated by things like pride. Uh, we want people to brag on how well we're doing. We want locals to, to brag on how well we, we know the language. We want to, uh, to assess well and to, uh, to be labeled at a certain place in the language. Uh, but in reality, those, those can be traps that can hinder us, that can distract us. Uh, but ultimately, we have to keep our sights. We have to keep our focus on, on what we're seeking to do. And that is just to communicate. And it's not perfect. Uh, uh, you know, imperfect communication, uh, imperfect language can communicate perfectly. So just keep our sights set on the fact that we are seeking to communicate truth and that it's all about uh, glorifying God. It's all about him and it's not about us. Yeah, thanks so much for giving us that that view of perspective and, and how we lead from the motivation into keeping this broader perspective. So as we funnel this down to like, how do we continue language learning, not just to reach a certain level as a, making the language as our goal, but but what what can you say about uh, I think what a thousand cups of tea field guide calls a language intelligence or being an intelligent language learner. Share a little bit about how that relates to uh, gospel fluency and the work that we do. Absolutely. I will try. Uh, I, I do not have a linguistics background, uh, so I'm certainly not going to be able to speak uh, well into that. But from my understanding of language intelligence, it's really just um, a way to, to see our evaluate how someone is built uh, and able to engage in the language learning process. And, and we do that through different categories, uh, one of those being someone's natural abilities, uh, also their understanding of the language learning process. And then one of the big factors is their attitude and approach to learning language. So uh, it seems like a lot of folks focus on uh, just the ability side of it, just the the knowledge, the ins and outs of um, the grammar, the ability to to use proper pronunciation. Uh, so that is is good. If somebody is naturally gifted in those things, that is awesome. We should affirm those natural giftings. But when we talk about language intelligence, it goes well beyond just uh, those who are naturally gifted. Uh, we we need to also point those folks uh, to, to their attitude and how that plays into their ability to learn language. We should point to their understanding of the process uh, because sometimes when we're naturally gifted at certain things, we're going to overemphasize those things uh, and not see that the language learning process goes well beyond just the, the grammar of the language. So one of the things that, that I like to encourage our learners to do uh, in being or having a higher language intelligence is just to better understand the process, know why, why we're focused on different aspects of the language and not just the, the, the mechanics of the language, but also uh, just understanding, having the right attitude uh, and understanding what does it mean to be at a certain level in a language. And I think if we better understand the levels, uh, what we talk about, most folks use the ACTFL system um, and I like to try to encourage our folks to, to know what it means to be at certain levels and, and then uh, therefore let that set our, our attitude and let that set our, our goals and put them in a proper place. So one of the things uh, 
I like to do is to, to get people to start off by realizing that perfection is not our goal, uh, that we're never going to speak like a native speaker. Uh, I think when we enter the language learning process, uh, a lot of us come from a Western education background. Uh, and, you know, that system is set up to where we seek perfection. We seek to make 100 on our test. We seek to have a 4.0. And in reality, a lot of people who, who go overseas to serve overseas, uh, they are highly intelligent. They have a, a very strong educational background. So that's kind of how we get to be geared. Well, then we approach the language learning process in the same way as if we can be perfect uh, and speak like a native. But the reality is we're never going to do that. Um, we can take a step back and think about anybody that we know that is an English second language student. Uh, it doesn't matter how good they are in English, you know immediately that they're, they're not a native English speaker. It's, it's obvious. So uh, when we talk about pronunciation, when we talk about grammar, uh, to think that we're going to have pronunciation like them, that's just not an achievable goal. So if we take that, first of all, that's off the table. So now we can take a step back to the next level, which is you know, near native or distinguished, I think is what we're calling it. Uh, then that's a step below even native speakers. Uh, and then we talk about superior, which I think a lot of people's goal is to eventually get to superior. Well, if you think about that's two steps below native, that means it's gonna be, pronunciation is not gonna be perfect. And there's gonna be a lot of mistakes, not just some, a lot of mistakes. Then we keep moving it on down. Then we realize that you know, perfection is not our goal, and we can go back to a healthy place to where we're just seeking to communicate. Uh, and again, that's one of the things we're really trying to emphasize here is that we're, we're just seeking to communicate and having the gospel fluency approach is, is helping our folks to know that you can communicate biblical truths. You can communicate the gospel very early on in, as you get to the field. And then what you do is you continue to grow in your ability to do that as you progress in language. And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be rough at first, but then it's going to improve over time. And eventually when you get into the advanced levels, then you're now going to be able to communicate extended thoughts to, to uh, get from point A to point B and something you're trying to teach or communicate. It's still going to be rough. It's still going to take a little while to get there, especially like an advanced low level, but you're able to communicate it and you don't let yourself focus on your flaws. You don't let yourself focus on the imperfection of your pronunciation. You don't let yourself focus on those things. You just get to focus on the fact that the Lord has used you that day to communicate truth. And although you said a lot of things, quote unquote, wrong, uh, the person across from you understood it perfectly. So can you share some examples of what you mean when you talk about uh, language intelligence or maybe some things that can help us understand uh, how to begin to effectively apply uh, gospel fluency in our context of language learning? Yeah, one of the things, and actually as we talk to people about gospel fluency, a lot of the times the response is, wow, I really appreciate this approach. Uh, and what I'm hearing, the, the response they give is, what I'm hearing you say is that when we learn language, that means that we need to go and learn how to share the gospel in our target language, or we need to learn and uh, we need to go and learn how to pray in our target language, or learn our testimony in a target language, or learn how to teach uh, from the Bible in our target language. And 
my encouragement I give to folks in that situation is no, that is what you're thinking is really good. Uh, but the encouragement is actually you don't have to learn how to pray. You don't have to learn how to share the gospel. You don't have to learn your testimony. You don't have to learn how to teach from scripture. You already know how to do all of those things. But in the gospel fluency approach, what we're saying is you're, you're learning language for the purpose. Uh, therefore, as you learn language, as you grow in your ability to speak the language and understand the language that you're working on, then you're going to grow in your ability to share from your heart. Um, I, I feel like some folks like to, I'm going to go learn this Bible story and learn it perfectly in the language. Uh, but then I encourage folks like, that's great. Uh, that's not a bad thing. But if that's the only way that you feel confident in sharing something is if you spend a lot of time just focused on that one Bible story, then there's so much in your heart that you're not going to feel confident saying. My encouragement is, as you grow in the language, feel confident that wherever you are in the language, you're going to be able to share everything in your heart. Maybe it's, uh, it's pretty rough, but, but have that confidence that as you grow, you can, you can pray in the language. You can share the gospel in the language. You can share Bible stories in the language. You can teach from Scripture. You can share your testimony wherever you are at that point. Yeah, you know, it's really encouraging and uh, hope-building. I think hope-filling and inspiring to hear you describe this whole process of being able to share biblical truth early on in our language learning journey and then to continue to do that as we grow in our language ability, that it becomes more clear and more natural and, uh, and, and, and even more, more and more accurate as we, as we develop our skills in the language. What a, what a great word. I mean, thanks, thank you for sharing these great thoughts and, and, and themes that, that really capture uh, so much of, of what we see in A Thousand Cups of Tea Field Guide and just what you bring as far as your language uh, learning and, and uh, ministry and, and coaching uh, into this. Uh, sure appreciate your sharing all of these uh, great thoughts. Well, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, and we thank all of you for joining us today on the Language 180 podcast. And join us again soon as we continue to talk about these themes of language and cultural acquisition and as we pursue gospel fluency across cultures. <laughs>